Hello, and welcome to Belonging Before Believing, where politics has disrupted the group. I'm Patrick Mathers, pastor of Sovereign Joy Christian Fellowship. And I'm Brian Gumpy, elder of Sovereign Joy Christian Fellowship, every bit as confused as usual. (laughs) I should have said political correctness. Oh, Oh, that would have made slightly more sense. You pushed the button real fast. I didn't have time to think. Mm. So we went and got Chinese food. Okay. Oh. (laughs) And I was concerned that my retelling of the story of the woman. So I went in there. I love this place. It's super good. The China house. It's it's one notch under Tong Fung Lo. I think it's that. Really? Yeah, it's for sure the second best Chinese food in Chico. Really? Yeah, Yeah. All right. It's a hole in the wall, too. Like, you drive by it every day. Yeah, I would not have guessed. I've never been there. So we went in there today. I was getting dinner, and um, we I had a conversation about with the woman, and it ended up turning into a little gospel presentation. But she said that I have so many... She has so many gods, she can't even remember them all. And, of course, I said it in the Asian woman accent. So so many gods, I don't even know them all. That's not even it, because I'm kind of scared to do it. You are. I am. You could tell... Uh, because I didn't have a problem when I was relaying you the story, and then there was a silent half second, and I thought, oh, dang, dude, was I racist? And then, so... And what did I say? I don't remember, but I'm still worried about it. (laughs) I said, I don't care. Uh, Yeah, uh, yeah. So, anyways, we were divided over political correctness, and now I have anxiety... And number of gods. No, and I have anxiety about using my own voice, because I figured somebody somewhere's going to be mad that I'm just talking... Saying that's not politically correct. Oh, I thought we were past that. That's just what happens. We're n- I'm not past it. Oh, all right. <laughs> how, I don't think I'm ever going to get past How do you get past it? Uh, people who are going to just be detractors. We don't have any, so we're fine. <laughs> well, not to our faces. Not really. To, have, have we had behind-the-scenes ones? Well, well, how would I know? I just assume. There's no way that we don't annoy people. Hey, stupid. I just, I Why just, don't you write us a letter and tell us, stupid? I just know our track record in real life well enough to know that there's no way that people have listened to this and not, and not been offended. Do you think... Okay, here's something. Do you think that those Snozberry Christians who... Snozberry? We, we have offended that we know. Do you think they even listen to this? Uh... I, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if there are some people who listen to it because they thought they were going to not like it. Like, like hate listening. Like, you hate watch a show where it's somebody you're like, meh. And then you like it? No, you, you like it because it gives you ammo. So you think those old stinkers that we know, that they listen to this and they have ammo and they're like over at their little groups going, ah, they said, oh, can you believe it? Like that kind of stuff? I don't know. Listener, if you're somebody... if Hey, stupid. <laughs> if you... <laughs> Wow. All of a sudden, we're going to have like 15 people. Well, I wasn't offended before, but I am now. About time. (laughs) No, we're really not trying to offend people. No. It just happens. Yeah, don't have to try. (laughs) I, you know, sometimes I'm trying hard not to, and I do, and sometimes I really don't care, and I don't. And I think that's kind of where our show has fallen, is I really don't care, and that's it. I just, we just say words. Yeah. Although I am, I do kind of care because I don't want to use that <laughs> the voice and have anxiety about it. Do you want to keep talking right now? You look like you're about to sweat bullets. <laughs> Just it's hot in here. 
Hey, why is it so smoky? I don't know why it's so smoky, but it's 70 degrees in here. Is that hot? I'm fat. Anyway. <laughs> so speaking of stankers. Uh, you mean this question? No, I think this is a good question. I do not. No? No, I don't. I, uh, no. Paul asked it, so you can throw him under the bus publicly if no, you like. No, I'm not going to. I'm not going to because I'm sure gonna, he. You're just going to do it privately? Nice. No, because, okay, ask the question, and then we'll go. How do you love people that you don't like? Yeah, okay, so the problem is, is it, I, I, it's too close to home. I have a problem with this. Yeah. <laughs> Will Rogers once said famously, he never met a man he didn't like. I, I'm skeptical. I'm very skeptical of that comment. I I don't know how you could be a person who has feelings and breathes air, and, walks this earth, and thinks thoughts, and honestly, have never met a person you didn't like. Yeah. Now, to be fair, I have said and will continue to say until somebody changes my mind. I have never met a person from Texas that I haven't liked. <laughs> I've never heard you say that. So there's that. Really? Yeah. Oh, I say it. You ask people that I know, they're, they'll know. Are you saying you don't know me? Well, I'm or saying I maybe don't know you? you don't know me well enough. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe once I get to know you a little bit better, <laughs> I'll hear you say Look, that you've never met somebody from Texas that you don't like. You know what? I totally, you have heard me say this before because I said it to the guy who owned the vape shop next to church on third street. Mm. And he was from Texas. James? And I know I said that about him. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't remember. I feel like his name was James. I thought it was Kevin or something. <laughs> That's not James. No. Like they have one same letter. A. Kevin. Yeah. And James. There's an A in Kevin. <laughs> K-E-V-A-N. Kevin. <laughs> Is there an E and an I? Is that the... It's the I. No. Wait. James. Dang. Uh, I swear I know things. Uh, <laughs> oh, boy. Welcome to Belonging Before Believing, where I'm the smart one and Pat's the pretty one. Lord help us all. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. So, how do you love people that you don't like? Well, I'm le- I'm working on it right now. We're talking to you. <laughs> Seri- okay, seriously. So I I, I feel like I have tons of practical things, but I see that you've got some uh, some references in front of you. So I hope we can make it biblical. No, for somehow. sure. That's the whole point of why I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> Good. It's nice to be reminded. I just say words. Yep. All right. Say biblical ones. Go. Go. I'm not the pretty one. I'm the one with the Bible in front of me. That's all it is. What's the difference? Uh, okay. So to start off, I think that the Bible assumes that you're not going to like everybody. <laughs> there, there's a problem with it, and there's a problem with our hearts and a problem with 
I I want to say it's just the way people are made up. Like that we just have an emotional proclivity to like certain people and not like other people. There are, so there's some people, Joel broke this down today and I thought it was helpful is that there's some people that it's quantifiable. Like I can look at somebody and talk to somebody and go, I don't like you because of this. Right. And it's a particular, you know, sin that they regularly commit and bring up, or it's a, a pattern of speech that they say that is just annoying to you, you know, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Or, you know, they just are, you're a clean freak and they're a little messy or you're yeah. messy and they're a little clean, you know, something like that. It's quantifiable. Talking about you and Joel now? No, <laughs> I'm the clean one. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> I tried. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm the nice one? <laughs> the pretty one. I said this. <laughs> The biblical one. So (laughs) he said, but then there are some people that oddly enough, it's just unquantifiable. Like you don't know why you don't like them. And you try to wrap your head around it. You try to figure it out and you have an idea of maybe this is why, but you just don't click. You don't mesh. You know, you don't have, if we're going to use like a entertainment vocabulary, you don't have chemistry together. Mm -hmm. You know, that there's just something about the two of you that doesn't click. So I think what we are going to end up talking about, at least first of all, is the people who you can quantify it. Mm -hmm. And we're going to be able to go and see biblical principles about here's what to do. And I think they apply to the less than quantifiable people. But I I still think that there's a sense where just, you know, that, that there's just some people that you know, in this life, I, I, don't, I don't know if you're going to mesh with. Now, I'm not giving an excuse for myself or for anybody else, but I, I know that there, I think that there's some truth to that. Would you say that or no? Do you think yeah. I'm... No, absolutely. Yeah. And I think <clears throat> that can make it really frustrating is when logically you think, okay, I should have no problem with this person. We should right. get along great. All my friends like them. My family likes them. Maybe they are your family. I don't know. Uh, but uh, you just you just can't. You just don't. Um, I know that's happened to me before. Where like I and I had this conversation where I'm just like I can't explain it. I don't know. They just drive me crazy. Don't like them. Should for X or like X Y Z. We have this in common. They're funny. Blah 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 blah. Don't like them. Can't figure it out. Don't know why. I can't figure out why I'm not in that category. <laughs> Because I know that there's people who would say the exact same thing about me who say, I can't figure it out, but I don't like that guy. And, and, and it isn't because I'm, I've, like, you know, punched him in the kidney just screwing around once and, like, caused him to bleed for the next three years or something. No, you and that guy are good now. Me and a lot of people are good now who weren't. But, but, the, but I know that I rub people wrong. People are going to think that that's a real thing. But I, I think you, you don't. You don't really rub people wrong. I think I'm the... I'm the part of this relationship that runs. I think I do now more than I ever have. Why? Why do you think that is? I don't know. Maybe I'm just getting self-conscious in my old age, but, um, Hmm. I, I think it's that. So I, I mentioned earlier on or tonight, actually at the study that my wife has said, like, I'm the chick in the relationship in a lot of ways. And, I get really emotional. Mm-hmm. And so here's a part of that when it, that relates directly to this before we get into the text is that I really don't 
care what I like. I say things and I blurt things out, and you, I can be really offensive sometimes. But as soon as I know it, like I'm, I'm aware that this thing that I said is offensive or hurt somebody. I'm like falling all over myself to apologize and be sorry and and not want to go down that road again. But um, you think that that would make me gun shy, but it doesn't. And I think that that's for me what puts people off is. I'll say some outlandish, stupid things, and I just won't find out about it. And they'll hold a grudge. And then years later, something else will happen, and that'll cause them to either bolt or get mad at me. or, or that. That's what I think it is with me. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyways, not just lesson for those people, which if they're listening, good, you need that lesson. But for me too is... Yeah, so Romans 12, okay? Romans 12 begins... If you're not familiar with the book of Romans in the New Testament, the first um, 11 chapters of that book are very, um, what we would call doctrinal. They're um, foundations for what we believe, which comes out in the way we think, right? I love to say doctrine dictates lifestyle. The lifestyle portion of the book of Romans, how you should live practically, begins in chapter 12. And so beginning in verse 9, he starts out by saying, let love be genuine, abhor what is evil, hold fast to that which is good, love one another with brotherly affection, and outdo one another in showing honor. Don't be slothful in zeal, but be fervent in spirit and serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, and be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. And then it goes on from there, and there's one particular passage that says, if it's, in verse 18, if possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. So we're supposed, all right, as Christians, I'm backing up. So we, as Christians, I'm not assuming everybody who listens to this is a Christian. As a Christian, my identity is found not in what I do, or who I am as a person, meaning my job or my um, family experiences or those kind of things. My identity is that I have been born again by the Spirit of God because I trust in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. That's my identity. So my actions should flow out from that identity. If Christ loves the world and displayed that love by dying for the sins of the people he's going to redeem out of that world, then I ought to be a person who displays genuine love and holding fast to those things which are good. And that which is good has to be defined by God, not defined by people. And so one of the things that is clearly good for here in this text is that I should love one another with affection to the point where I'm trying to outdo other people in showing love. And I should do that to the point where as far it is possible with me, I should live at peace with other people. So when it says one another, is it talking one Christian to another here? Or is it talking Christians to people in general? No, good question. Specifically in the context here, it's talking about the church. And we ought to be people who love our own. And that's something that should be attractive to those who are outside of the church. There's a in, interesting illustration is the other night I was at a funeral for a firefighter who had died and there was hundreds of firemen that were there. It was impressive. And have I told you about this already? No. So 
Um, I was standing in the very back, this alcove, this foyer of the place we were at. And there was, I counted at one point, there was 36 firemen in this tiny little room, like, like the, the, this room your size. Imagine 35, 36 guys in here. They're all firemen. They all have their uniforms on. And at several points, all the firemen stopped everything they were doing, went to attention and put their arms up. And they were, they were crying. They were hugging each other. Some of them, their uniforms indicated they were from different parts of the state. So I knew they, they weren't like tight with right. each other. But they're like tight. Uh-huh. They're family. I mean, without this, knowing each other, without no, well, at least some of them. Right. Uh, a lot of them did certainly know each other. But it was impressive. I was moved to the point where I genuinely thought at one point, man, it would have been cool to have been a firefighter. Mm-hmm. That's the love the church should have for one another. Whereas when people see us outdoing each other to show love, that should be something that is attractive to the unbeliever going. That's not like anything else in the world. That is different and unique, and we can point to God being the reason for why we love like that. And I think, unfortunately, the church fails at that probably more than anything else. Would you say? Hmm. Is, that, is that overstating it? Oh, boy. i got to wrap my head around that. Um, fails at that more than anything else. Well, while you're thinking of that... Well, I was oh, go just going to say, I think what they fail at more than anything else is understanding what they believe. <laughs> but, okay. All right. But, but, but I think that ends up being or fleshing itself out in, in the way okay, that you're talking about. Okay. Doctrine dictates lifestyle. Totally. If they don't have the right understanding about God, of course they're not going to love each other. Right. Right. Okay. Gotcha. Right. But no, I, I mean, as far as like a practical, like uh, symptom. Yes. Yes. I agree. There's a passage in first Corinthians chapter eight. Is it eight? Yeah, it's eight where Paul is writing to the church And he's telling them, it's okay for you guys to eat meat that has been sacrificed to idols. And the reason why that mattered is twofold. One is because the cheapest meat in town would come from the temple, the temple butcher, because they had meat all the time. The bargain bin. The bargain bin. I mean, they they had meat all the time. Um, But number two is that it was sacrificed to an idol. It was an act of worship, and we're not supposed to participate in idol worship. So you extrapolate from, if is my eating this meat an act of idol worship? And a lot of Christians were coming to the conclusion, yes, it is. And Paul has to correct that and say, no, it's not. It's just good cheap meat. Go ahead and eat it. Don't worry about it. It's not a God. You know it's not a God. Go ahead and eat it. But then he qualifies it, and he says, now, if you know somebody who has a weak conscience and is really struggling with that, then you should abstain for their sake in the context of you eating with them. So if you guys go together to a place and this guy says, hey, this meat I just bought at Aphrodite's temple, isn't that awesome? And you know your brother sitting next to you is like really tripped out by that, then in that instance, in that case, you shouldn't eat that meat. Are you free to? Absolutely. In fact, he tells you to go and do it. But for weak brother's conscience sake, in that moment, you shouldn't do it. So how does that apply to this? How do you love people you don't like? Because it sounds like we've gone two or three steps removed. Yeah. Well, it's very easy to look on that weak believer with a level of, you know, incredulity. That's not the right word. Um, you know, like, uh, what's your problem, dude? I don't know what the word for that is. Um, you know, buck up, dude. We gotta, we, we're here with this guy. Let's just eat this, you know? And what you've done is you've just not liked that brother. 
So one of the things that is practically speaking, how do you love people you don't like is you're willing to do things that you normally wouldn't do or abstain from things that you normally would do for the sake of love for them. And that can be really hard, you know, when, when I'm free to do something. So I do have some friends who we would, you know, call teetotalers who, who don't drink. And if I go out to dinner with them, you know, and I'm, I'm not, a, you know, I can drink a few. I can hold my own when I'm around other people. Yeah, I know. So, <laughs> oops. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, if I go out with somebody and, I mean, I could honestly have three beers. I mean, this is here at my Summerfest. This is the third one here. So if I have three in front of somebody, they're going to think I'm drunk. There's going to be some people listening to this that are going to be appalled that I had three beers tonight. You They've know? never seen you They're, at yeah. work. Right. <laughs> Not at work. Yeah, no, I know. I know. <laughs> at Thank work. you. Thank you. Because yeah. people at work listen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. So, um, but if I go out with some of these guys I, or girls then I should abstain if it's really going to trip them out and they're not going to be able to hear anything I say or the whole time that's all they're going to be thinking is, oh my gosh, he's having another beer. <laughs> you know what I mean? That, that's the time and place where I need to really refrain. And that's going to be you know, showing them that I love them. I, what I should be doing is actively and aggressively trying to outdo them with love. Mm-hmm. And there's, I, I mean, I'm going to be honest, there's people that I, I don't do that with in well, my life. And it's, it's hard. hard. It's well, you hard. have to put uh, their preference above your own. You have to consider them more important than yourself, and you have to follow through and treat them that way. Yeah. And, dude, honestly, like, it's hard for me to treat my wife that way all the time. And I love my wife, and I like my wife, and it's still hard to treat her that way. Right. So when there's somebody you don't like and you have to give them all the preferential treatment, you have to consider their, not just their needs, but their wants ahead of your own, that's hard. Yeah. So of course we are not going to get this right probably most of the time. I think we're going to screw this up more often than we get it right. And, and I think that, at least for me, I don't want to speak for you or for the listener, but I'm my own experience, for me, it isn't so much the context of the church where I struggle with this. Mm-hmm. It's work. It's, um, you know, a sport event or, you know, some kind of think club that I'm connected with or something. It's outside of the church. And there is usually an expectation for how work should be done or how things should happen in this group, whether it's a team or whether it's a committee or something. And there's one person that just isn't, playing ball for some reason Mm -hmm. or is doing their own thing or going their own direction. For me, that's the hardest person in my life, honestly, to love because I want to say to them, what's the deal? This isn't the way we do things. You know, this has to get done. This is the way we do it. Let's just do it this way. You know, instead of showing grace and being patient, patience is hard. Um, You want to you know, I'm at a certain place. Why aren't you there? Mm-hmm. When what I'm doing in that moment is I'm saying, you know, I'm, I'm more spiritual than you, or this is what God's done with me. Why isn't he done? You know, I'm questioning God uh-huh. when I'm doing that with somebody. Um, that's, and, but these are mostly believers I'm talking about. Unbelievers, you know, there, there has to be a second level of grace, doesn't there? Oh, yeah. So I have a question for you. Okay. 
So if I'm going to love somebody who I don't like, if I'm going to treat them well, treat them better than I think maybe they deserve, blah, blah, blah. If I make them believe that I do like them because I treat them well, is that being disingenuine? Almost like the question, like, is that something that we should be doing? Should we be treating people who we don't like like we like them? That was fake it till you make it. Yeah, is right. That, That's is, what you're saying. Yeah, is that okay? I, I I think it is. I think there's wisdom to that. I I think there comes a point because I hope so because that's the only way I'm making it. Yeah. No, I think so. I think there comes a point where you you probably need to have an, especially if you're close with this person, you do stuff with them on a regular basis. Um, you know, I, I'm in, I'm in rotary and this isn't true right now, but I'm saying I could see it happening someday. I had somebody on a committee with me that, or on a team with me that we just didn't click or we had completely differing views of the way we do things and they aren't believers. Um, I, I think that what I would need to, to do is to acquiesce and let them have their way mm-hmm. and just kind of chamber that and sooner or later need to have a discussion about, you know, hey, you know, this was kind of, I, I didn't appreciate this or, hey, you're not doing this or, you know, you, you need to be gentle about it. You need to be wise about it. But I think you need to have that conversation. I don't think you help anybody when you just put up and shut up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I, what, and here's another one is. When you say is, put up and shut up. I, well, I mean that you just, you just, you know, you put up with this person and okay. you shut up. You never bring it up. You just always are put up, put right, up, right, put right. up with okay, them. Okay. Sooner or later, that's going to blow. Sure. Right? Um, I've heard it said in another little kitschy way, uh, let them go or let them know. You know, huh. let it go or let them know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's helpful. Um, but I don't think you, you always need, you know, some people will take that to the extreme and they'll always let you know. We don't want to hang out with those people. Those people are, are not fun to be around. No. You know, so there's a lot of times where you just don't say anything. Where you, you but sooner or later, you're going to need to let them know. But most of the time, the things that happen, you can just let go. It's not that big a deal. It's not that important. Yeah, maybe in the bigger picture, this is a lifestyle or a habit or a pattern that they do need to work on. But you know what? Maybe God hasn't called you to be their Holy Spirit and tell them in that moment. Maybe he's showed you this so that down the road, when you have a good relationship, you can tell them about that. But for the most part, I think the wisdom tells us to, yeah, let it go. Yeah, to, to just, okay, just put up with it and, and not shut up, but you know, watch for the time and place because I believe it'll come up where you have the opportunity to say something to somebody. Also, I mean, you you grow in your expectations and you change. Like, I, I mean, so much, I don't know how we're going to get to this or how we're going to get through this without getting to it. Um, but eventually, hopefully, the people that you don't like end up being a pretty good mirror. Like when I'm around somebody who I don't like and I catch myself being hypercritical, then over time I start getting really self-conscious about myself and I'm thinking like, okay, if these things are driving me crazy about this person, like what are the things about me that drive all of my friends crazy, all of my coworkers crazy, like the people in my world? Like, it, Well, that's what I started with. Well, Remember? Because that's what, that's what I think of yeah, all the time. Yeah, you know, yeah you're right. Um, but when I, th- I look at somebody like that and I think, okay, they're driving me nuts and they have no clue that they're driving me nuts. It would be naive of me. Do you think they have no clue? I think most of them have okay. no clue. 
Not all, but most. Okay. Otherwise, they wouldn't do it, right? Or they would do it a lot less. Yeah. It's so yeah, hard yeah, when we're talking yeah. okay, in such yeah. like extreme it, hypotheticals. It, it is. But, it is. Um, but yeah, so it, I think to myself, like, it would be naive for me to not think that like I have my own blind spots, just like obviously so many people around me, you know? And so it, and I say that just because, like you said, the time will come, or maybe the time will come, or time, you said the time will come for you to bring it up and yeah, talk to them. Yeah. Or maybe the time will come where you realize like, oh gosh, like that's small time compared to the things that I need to work on in my own life. And as you take a realistic look at yourself, you're growing in grace to the people around you hmm. and you are so much less critical and more out of an abundance of thankfulness that people put up with you at all. You're more tolerant to the people around you. You, you made me think of something. Have you ever had somebody who just rubs you wrong, you, you have a problem with, but you're putting up with them, be the one that actually comes to you and tell you, hey, dude, you're annoying and here's what <laughs> you did? Have you ever had that? I have. And, and I <laughs> Not didn't, that I can think of. I didn't remember until you just said that. Oh, gosh. It was in Wisconsin when I lived there. I like want to get huffy just thinking about it. <laughs> I know. Well, there was this, there was, so I worked third shift, meaning uh-huh. midnight to eight in the morning. Uh-huh. The most desirable people don't li- It attracts a certain element of character mm-hmm. <laughs> for a third shift. So I worked with some what you might consider unsavory folk. The I consider them unsavory folk. Yeah. The, well, the there, was, there was one particular person. I think means who, something else. Who, <laughs> <laughs> we'll call them the unmentionables. <laughs> there was an unmentionable that, um, man, rubbed me wrong. And he was always super chippy with me. And... You know, we we would we would try to outdo one another and how fast we could get the machine going and stuff, which of course the the bosses loved because we're working harder and faster. Um, but we did we worked hard at it. And one day he pulled me aside and told me that I was just an arrogant jerk, and that in more colorful, not Christian language, mm-hmm. and um, that that I thought I was better than my than everybody else and. All I ever tried to do was show him and show everybody else up and that I was just, you know, I, I was basically the worst person on the shift. And I so knew that wasn't true and I so wanted to just correct him and everything. But at the same time, I knew myself enough to know there's a lot of truth to what he's saying. And I ended up having to eat crow and be just like, you know what? Yeah, you're sorry. Even though I didn't think I should apologize about some of the things he said, I still did anyways just to... Just number one to shut him up, <laughs> if nice. I'm if I'm perfectly honest, and and number two is I wanted to j- really think about those things myself, rather than just in the heat of that moment just blow off steam and you know tell him to kick rocks, yeah, pack sand, pound sand, pound kick sand, rocks. kick, kick the gravel dirt, and travel, kick the travel and gravel. Yep, I was graveling. <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, the, the point is, is you're always going to have these kind of people. In, in, in Ephesians chapter 4, it says, Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth to one another and to his neighbor. For we are members of one another. Be angry and don't sin, and don't let the sun go down on your anger, and don't give an opportunity to the devil. So, if you're angry, you need to repent. If you know, you're having problems with somebody, you, you need to repent. Um, speak the truth to them um, and, and show love to people. 
it's easy for us to say. It's a lot harder to actually do. And I hope nobody thinks that we've arrived because we, we both suck at this. Oh, gosh. Yeah. yeah. Although I think I probably suck at it worse than you do. I don't know. You, you have a job where you have to be diplomatic. Well, that's the, my point. I not so much. Well, it's what makes it hard because I have to be nice to people that I don't mm. like. Pastor I have Pat to. has to be nice. It's so true. There, okay, there is part of that. Pastor Pat has to be nice to people. Yeah, it's a lot different when it's not at work, not at church. You know what I mean? So when you're at home with your wife. <laughs> yeah, I'm running out of places where I go. You're right. <laughs> the uh, gym where you just grunt in the corner as you're lifting heavy stuff. <laughs> I hate you, wait. <gasps> I have some truth to tell you. <laughs> anyway, do you have a question of the day? It's over there in the bin. You always ask me that when it's over there. Hold on. Hey, I got a good question. It's not really a question. It's more of a comment. Hey, listener, why don't you tag the person that you, you do lo- have to love because you don't like them? Just tag them in the comments here. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you won't. It's all going to be Pastor Pat. I was going to say it's going to be you and me. It's going to be us, too. Uh. <laughs> all right, fine. What do you got? Okay, you ready? Yeah. Okay. What is a controversial opinion that you have? Hummus is an overrated snack. That's my controversial opinion. Wow. Although I had Muhammad's like made from scratch hummus. And if I had had that a long time ago, I wouldn't be saying that. I don't think I have any controversial opinions. <laughs> yeah, right. Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh my gosh. Your Black Panther opinion is controversial. Just No, 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 no. I like I like Black Panther. It's, it was good. Not as much as the rest of the world, Patrick. I know. That's fine. The rest of the world can be wrong. Um, what's a controversial opinion that I have? Um, oh, I think in Acts. Oh, yeah. That Paul was in sin on Mars Hill in chapter 17. Because he doesn't bring up the cross of Christ. He doesn't bring up Jesus' name. He mentions the resurrection in passing, but I think I, I think that he he didn't preach a sermon there. Our listeners. And no church was ever established right after that in Athens. So our listeners are gonna have very strong opinions about that. I have I no doubt. That's a controversial opinion that I have. Hot although take. although I have wavered on that recently. Yeah. But I, I was kind of not near as strong as I that. used to be. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, what is a controversial opinion that you have? And you. Yeah, you. Listener. I don't like you. But I still believe that you belong. (laughs) 